when you when you think about calling something, you know, a, a call for hunting purposes, what's its purpose? What's the purpose of a call? Get get their attention. Communicate. Communicate. Attract. Attract. What else? I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, whether it's a cow call, a deer grunt call, a duck call, you know, whatever it might be, the idea behind a call is is all of those things, but ultimately you want them closer. A call is designed to bring something closer to you. So, so when you think about that, when you think about a call being designed to bring something to you, no matter the call, no matter what it is, turkey call, um, uh, the cow call, goose call, elk, bugle, whatever it may be, the idea is, is, is we want it to bring something closer to us, to draw something in, to, to get their attention. Well, with that in mind, I want to share with you the, the general makeup of most any call. Now, I, I use a duck call. I, I'm not really a turkey caller. Uh, I've got some coyote squealers. I've got some open reeds and some clothes, you know, all, all that weird stuff and howlers and, and, and you know, the elk bugling I've never gotten a hold of, um, never done that much. But, but the duck call is something that's really easy to explain. And, and, and when you look at a duck call, it's, there's several simple components of a duck call. So you take this apart. You have a barrel. It's the air chamber. It's where the pressure builds up. You've got a, an insert, which is the entire thing. The insert has a, a what's called a tone board carved on it, and that tone board has a groove cut in it. And the reed, which literally becomes the voice of the duck. And then you have this little, and it's hard to see, but this one's cork, some of them are rubber, but you have this little wedge right here that holds that reed in place. And and that wedge kind of holds those things together. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever served in, in, in such a way that, that you felt like you weren't really ever noticed for what you were doing? Like you weren't getting no pats on the back, no thank yous, but you, you're giving everything you had. You know, but you're really not feeling like you're getting any recognition of what you're doing. Anybody ever served like that? I, I know in a church that's, that's really easy to happen. You know, you serve in a church, and, you know, if you're – if you're not the guy up front or, you know, you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things when we do these things and, and, and when people serve that no one really ever notices you, right? Um, so that's kind of like a wedge. I, I have never, I have never heard anybody blow on a duck call and go, that is an awesome wedge, Right? I mean, I, no one talks about the wedge. Most of us have no idea there's a wedge even in this dumb thing. You know, I, I, when I first seen one come apart, I'm like, oh, shoot, you broke that. You know, I didn't even know they came apart when I first started playing with duck calls. But And some of the first duck calls I had didn't come apart. But um, <laughs> the old Haydales, <laughs> H85s, <and laughs> D85s. But this, this, this wedge is, is holding everything in place inside this and no one ever does anything about that no one ever talks about it no one ever says anything it's kind of like serving somewhere where you don't really get any recognition so so when you really think about it have have any of you in here ever really felt like a wedge you know kind of out of sight out of mind it, it happens you know kind of like you know no one really cares about us well take heart 
Because the cool part about a wedge is without a wedge, this call wouldn't serve its purpose. It wouldn't work. Because see, without the wedge, the reed wouldn't be sitting where it belongs. Nothing be there to hold it in place. And 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 it wouldn't be sitting over the tone board and, and that wedge holds that reed just in the right place over that tone board to where when the air comes through the chamber and, and it vibrates that call that you get it just right and it sounds just like that old mallard hen and it draws that drake in real close so you can shoot him in the face. But without the wedge, this thing simply doesn't serve its purpose. It doesn't do what it's designed to do. Now you put everything all back together. All the pieces are in the right spot. Wedge holding reed. And you got a really cool looking duck call. This is actually a Christian Waterfowler Association special edition. It's actually called the DOD, which is Death on Ducks. I thought that was pretty cool. I've got, I've got its companion, which is the goose call. And it's the G-O-D, which is geese on demand. So, um, but it's a good looking call. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful piece of, of artwork. Great call, great engravings. And, and I won't blow on this one, obviously, because after jacking with that reed all day, it does not sound good now. But um, when you get it all put back together, you've got a really beautiful duck call, but there's still something missing. What's missing? Air. 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 You see, until, until you breathe into this, it's, it's nothing but this good-looking call sitting on a lanyard. Until you apply breath to this, it doesn't serve its purpose. Now, when you do breathe into a call that's put together just right, wedge is holding the reed where it belongs, it makes that tone, it vibrates across there, and you sound like that duck, this call is doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's going to pull something in closer to you, hopefully. You know, I was, I was telling uh, um, Sean earlier that, you know, we, I have a lot of fun sometimes. We'll, we'll do some duck calling contests, you know, and, and um, practicing on a duck call. If you, if you ever really want to practice on a duck call without annoying somebody, the idea is you blow into the backside of it. <laughs> and you can hear all the vocalization, you know, the throat closing like it's supposed to and the pressure building up. I mean, you just <laughs> – well, and then I'll, you know, tell everybody, all right, now turn it around. We're going to just do a real simple little quack, you know, just something light. <laughs> something easy right usually unless you've blown a duck call much yours is probably not going to sound quite like that so i might suggest that you in the morning turn yours back around backwards and use it like this <laughs> so but anyway that's um but without the breath applied it's it's just simply a cool looking duck call it, it's not serving its purpose it's not doing what it was designed to do. Now, I want to share with you that each one of you here today is just like this duck call. You are put together uniquely. Everything's in its right place. Some of us might argue that. <laughs> but God created each one of us just like we are. And we may have helped him shape ourselves a little bit from time to time with TJ's food. But ultimately, he created us just, just as who we are. And, and, and he had a purpose in mind when he, when he put us all together. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, I knew you before I reformed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You here tonight are a call on God's lanyard. He created you 
for just exactly the purpose that he had in mind for you. Now, I carry a lot of calls on my lanyard. I love calling. I love calls. And, and this was a single read, so it's, it's loud, it's obnoxious. It's, some call it an open water call because it's, it's such a loud, much louder call. This is its little sister, little Acorn Rage, that Refuge built. And it's a double read call. It's a, it's a timber call, if you will, or it's a little softer, a little softer tones. And then, of course, these are just goose calls. Both of them are short read calls. And, um, I mean, each one of them has a different tone. The only reason I carry two is just sometimes I want a different sound that comes out of it. I want either a sharper pitch or maybe a little bit duller pitch. If you want to make it, you know, moan like, like – an old goose coming in, you know, they get to You ever listen to geese flying? I, I honestly don't know why we think we need to work with these much. Because they do not sound right. Not the calls, the geese. The geese really should practice more. Because they don't sound like my calls about half the time. They're some of the sickest, dumbest sounding things I've ever heard comes out of some of my mouth. I don't know if you've ever listened to those, but you get some really strange sounds coming out of a group of geese coming over. But, but man, there's, it's just so cool when you hear that low moan and, you know, them big old Canadians, especially them graders are all cupped up, and they're just cutting right in right where you want them. You know, Canadians will do just that. Them graders, you can put a landing hole out there. You, can, you know, you can mark your spot. You know, you got your decoys over here and your decoys over here, and you want them right there. They'll do just that. You can put them right there. Them little lessers. They're like ADD kids. You can have your landing spot. Everything's perfect. You got them coming. I mean, they're locked up. They're, they're done. I mean, they're like almost in range. They're hooked up. Everyone's excited. You're just waiting on the call to shoot. And then one of them says, hey, look over here. And the whole bunch over there. It's stupid. But we call them cacklers. I don't know if, you, if, if any of you have ever been around, the, the, especially out west, when you get into the little geese. They call them cacklers because they're just – they sound like they're laughing, really. They don't sound like these good old big graders, you know. They don't, they don't give you those deep tones. They're just yakking. They're yakking like a bunch of kids. And they act like a bunch of kids half the time. But now, um, if I'm where I'm at here. As you as you find yourself, consider yourself a call, and, and every one of them obviously serving a different purpose. You know, I, these most most I guess quality duck calls, if you want to call them that, eh, one hundred and fifty bucks. I mean, each one of these, if you went to Max Prairie Wings, they're gonna cost you about one hundred and fifty bucks a pot. You can find some that are less that still sound like nice duck calls, and you can find some that are a little more that really don't sound any different than the ones that cost you fifty bucks. Matter of fact, that D85 costs $14.99, and it will put ducks in your face if you blow it right. I mean, you know, but it, you got to have the high dollar calls to be cool. So, so you always got to have your lanyard at least, you know, looking nice. But what is so stupid is here I've got, you know, $300 worth of duck calls right here, and I use this one more than anything, $7.99 at Walmart. And the reason I use it is because it will do lots of different things. You heard me messing when we got ready. You know, it'll do a duck, uh, you know, a drake grunt. You hear them old green heads leaving the water when you spook them? Yeah, that's exactly what you're hearing. Is that? Or maybe when they're sitting back around, coming around. I know that Patrick and I, Patrick Hicklin and I, the first year we were down here, it was kind of a chaotic morning getting everybody out to the blinds and boat won't work. And this, you know, it, it was a mess. Anyway. Once we got everybody set, Patrick and I just decided we're going to go out here in one of the middle blinds 
and we're just going to talk. We're just going to sit back, kick back, and we're, we talked about calls. And I showed him a few things. He was trying to learn a few things about calling. And, and we're watching ducks. These guys are shooting ducks, and we're, we're watching ducks, you know, flying around. And I see this big old Mallard Drake swinging in, and, you know, he's kind of looking around. We don't have any decoys out in front of us. You know, the boat's tied to our, our blind. And, and I just picked up my whistle and just – I mean, he just hooked up, right down he comes. Wow. Yeah, I think Patrick shot at him or shot him. I don't remember if we got anything or that. But, you know, it's like all the fancy stuff we have and this little seminar duck call puts that thing in the landing gear down, and here we go. You know, I, I love it because it's so versatile. It's got a multiple amounts of calls. John Goblin shares a little bit about teal hunting with these. A, a Drake teal. That's it. I mean, that, that, that Drake teal just makes a little peep. He, he talks about the, 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 the hen teal actually has kind of a, a real mild, like a low-tone mallard. It just kind of a meh, meh, meh. You know, in the males, and you'll hear that hen, nag, nag, nag. And he'll, nag, nag, nag. Nag, nag, nag. You see, you get the point? <laughs> Goblin told that joke to CWA, and I mean, there were some people ready to throw rocks at him. It was funny. Uh, he, did a, he did a really good job with that. But, um, but you know, that, and, and then you have a, a, a pintail drake. Anybody ever heard of pintail drake flying? I love hearing that sound. And it might not sound exactly like that, but you know when you hear that little coach's whistle twirl, there's a pintail drake somewhere in the mix. That is awesome. And, and then one of my favorites, and, and I guess y'all don't see many of them here, we have a few of them in Oklahoma, we saw a lot of them in New Mexico, is American Widgeon. You get a pile of them doing that, it'll drive you nuts. Because they don't listen to you a whole lot. And they just do their own thing too. But And usually it's before daylight, and they're right on top of you, and that's all you hear. And you, you can hear them, but you can't see them. And then they're gone by shooting light. And you don't know where they went. <laughs> you know, so, but but I, I, that's that's one of the things I love about this whistle, and it's it's something that everybody needs on lanyard. And and if if you can't blow a duck call, I mean, if you if you really struggle making quality sounds out of duck call or making quacks or you know feeding chuckles, anything like that, learning that little weep sound that a mallard drake makes is really pretty simple, and it'll put ducks in your face. I mean, even on a you know day like today it was a little windy. You know, they're going to have to be in a little tighter because it's not carrying well. But you think about the, the sound of a Mallard Drake, that's all he makes. He doesn't quack. That's the only thing he does is that Drake grunt, and, and it's going to put him down in you. So anyway, with that in mind, all the differences in all these calls. In Matthew 28, 19, it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Remember in Jeremiah chapter 1, it said that I knew you before I reformed you in your mother's womb. I already set you apart to be a voice to the nations. In other words, I already have a plan for you. I already have, a, I already have something laid out that I've, I've wanted you to do. That's why I created you. I created you for such a time as this. Now, then you come back to Matthew where it's saying, you know, therefore go in and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This, this calling, this command to go make disciples isn't just for a select few. It's for all of us. We are all created by God, and we're all called to go into the world and preach the gospel. And and that, that can be a little scary, but it's a command given to all of us, every one of us, to go preach the gospel to make followers of all the people that we encounter. 
and I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, that's not for me. That's kind of what Chris was thinking. Well, wait a minute. I'm not the preacher. That's my dad. You know, that's not my role. That's his role. But but we, each one of us, are called just for that purpose. And, and it, it might not be something you're involved with in public speaking. Um, I, maybe you said, I wouldn't even know what to say. I, I'm, I'm just a nobody. Remember the wedge? So that wedge is what holds everything together. Without the wedge in the right spot, nothing works right. God created you for a purpose. It's not something that he didn't equip you for. You're, you're fully equipped and ready to roll. It's just a matter of selecting that spot. We all serve a purpose. We're all designed to serve. No matter our perceived ability, God's called us to go. He called us to serve. But just like this call, you know, with, with, with the something missing, that same thing missing in a duck call to make it sound and do its purpose is missing in us as well. What is that? God's breath. Until we allow him to breathe into us, we're not going to serve his purpose. We're just going to be a cool-looking duck call hanging on his lanyard. And we're not going to do what he's actually created us to do if we don't let him breathe into us. Without his breath in me, I'm just like that thing sitting there on the, on the, on the pedestal, not serving any purpose whatsoever. Without his breath in me, I'm not fulfilling the purpose of the call that he created in my life. Each of you here today have that same calling on your life. God created you for such a time as this. He knew you. He planned for you. He was call- you, were, you were called to serve him in this purpose. Jeremiah, by historians' belief, was a teenager. He was just a kid. When God called him, he argued with God. He said, but God. Anybody ever threw that out? But God. Not now. You know, not yet. I'm just a kid. I'm a nobody. I'm just a wedge. <laughs> Who would listen to me? And I love, I love how God takes this. He said, because, you know, you have to believe that Jeremiah is thinking, man, look at my past. Look at what I've done. You know, look at who I've been. Uh, who am I that anyone would ever listen to me? Well, what kind of pull am I going to have? Nobody's going to listen to me. I'm a nobody. I don't have anything to offer anyone. This is what God says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7 and 9. It says, The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse 9, it says, Then the Lord reached out and he touched my mouth and he said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against the nations and the kingdoms, Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. What he was saying to Jeremiah is no more excuses. Don't be afraid. And God's saying to you, look, I've I've put my words in your mouth. God breathed into Jeremiah. Just as he'll breathe into you. Just as you breathe into a call. God breathes into us so that we can breathe into others. If we refuse to let God breathe into us, we fail to serve our purpose. We, we fail to be who he's called us to be in this world that we live in today. Don't leave here without letting him breathe into you and creating you your true calling and purpose in life. I, I know that sometimes it's hard to take when you're thinking, man, I don't know, man. You know, this Christian thing, this God thing, 
this religion thing that we've talked about all weekend, I'm not so sure that's for me. I can tell you that religion things ain't for me either. I ain't about religion. You know, we, we, we've been using a word all weekend long. Tony and I have been throwing it around like popcorn throwing to the dog, you know. It's like relationship. God created us for relationship. You know, when, 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 when you take it all the way back to the beginning, when, when God created Adam and Eve, what did he create them for? He, huh? he made them in his image. He created man for fellowship, for, for relational factor. He, he created man to be relational with him in, in a way that, I mean, you know, God can speak to whoever he or whatever he wants to. You know, matter of fact, he says, we don't, if, if we don't worship the Lord, the rocks will cry out. You know, and God will understand what they're saying. But he created us to fellowship with him. He created us for worship. He created us to worship him in his creation. It, it, it doesn't matter who you've been. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't even matter who you are today. He loves you, and he, and he knows you. He desires to have a personal relationship with you on a personal level. You know, we've, we've talked some today that, that when, when eternity arrives, when, when we stand before the Lord, he's not going to look at me and ask me about you. I don't fit in that picture. He's going to look at you and say, either I didn't know you, or well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. Does he know you? Does he have a relationship with you? Does he know who you are in this world today? Because he created you for his purpose. You, you might not feel that. You, you, you might think, nah, man, I've, <laughs> I've been down some roads that I can't come back from. You know, we, we shared a little bit about that earlier today. But it's just not so. Because... The, God, God's creation is always going to be his creation. The Bible says that he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you behind. He, he's, he's right there, and he's calling you at such a time as this. I mean, look at the chaos we live in. You know, the, the, the fight that, that – yeah, I know there's a lot of analogies about what's going to happen and who's doing what and, you know, all this stuff. But I, I learned something about warfare that, that I didn't quite understand – um, apparently, <laughs> I've heard about spiritual warfare and warfare my my whole life. You know, growing up, the, the biblical side of warfare. But God showed me something really cool, and and that scripture is a scripture in the Bible that says that, that when we pray for our enemies, it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. And I used to think, oh, oh yeah, God throw that coal on that joker. I can't stand that dude. Pour it out on him, burn him down. You know, burn him to the ground. You know, hurt him. That that's not what that scripture means. When I when it when it says I pray for for my enemy, I'm to pray for them to find a relationship with the Lord. I'm to pray that they're saved. I'm to, I'm to pray over them just like I would my own child, just like I would my friend, just like I would someone I'm I'm in relationship with. I, I'm to pray over them, and in doing so, the Holy Spirit's convicting power will come upon them in such a way that they're going to be miserable. It is going to be like coals of fire being heaped on their head. You know, I, I, told, I told poor Adam earlier, I said, you know, honestly, if, if, if you don't make a decision to, to change your life on this weekend and all the conversations that we've had, 
you know, I mean, that's cool, but I said, I'm going to be praying over you when you leave that God just wrecks you until you do. <laughs> you said that. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, because that's exactly, as I pray over someone, that, that, that coals of fire is coming. You know, you're going to be flipping miserable until you answer his call. And, and, and honestly, we should be because God created us for his purpose. He created us to be in relationship with him, to be in fellowship with him. And, 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 and he's not satisfied until we're in that place. We're going to struggle. And I'm not saying, you, you know, you're going to have things chasing you down. And, you know, I mean, I, I, love, I love to, you know, stories, book depictions of things. And, you know, I think of, you know, I mean, there was hail in the Bible. You know, Chris and I fixed hell damaged cars. And I'm thinking, man, some of that hail that God threw down was on fire. I don't want to fix any of that. You know, I don't, I don't want any of that stuff. I, you know, I, but, but when you think about what, God, what God's vengeance can do, but then you look at the opposite of that and what his love can do. Tony said some things today about Adam and Eve in the garden and that has, has just totally messed me up. You know, because now it's got my mind whirling around something that I had never seen before in the Word. You know, and, and that's, a, you know, we share that, iron sharpening iron. That's what we've been doing all weekend long. We've been sharing these little bits and pieces of life with each other, and, and God's whittling away at us. And, and no one's going to leave here the way they came because you're not going to have that option. You know, something will have changed inside of you, or, or you're going to have something nagging on you from now on and, until you answer that call. When we allow him to enter our heart, when we acquire this closeness with him through our surrendering our hearts to him, when we allow the peace of God to consume us, he breathes into us, and he allows us to breathe into other people's lives, sometimes even without knowing that we did. When God's spirit pours into us, it's going to have an effect on people around us, whether it might be a family member, a friend, a stranger on the street. But it's going to have an effect. You, you simply can't be in God's presence without it having an effect. And, and God's presence has surrounded us through this entire weekend. You know, he's, he's always here. He's, he's looking for each one of us. When you consider what a call does and, and, what, and what a call is, and, and and you think about tonight, and you, you're, you know, I, I pray that, you know, and you're going <laughs> to, I've got something to give you tonight that, that I think will be, I hope it'll be treasured, but, but more than anything, I hope that every time you see it, it's going to remind you of tonight, and it's going to remind you of the fact that God has a call on your life, and until you allow him to breathe into you, you're not going to serve his purpose. He has that thing for you to do, that calling on your life. It might not be to do what I'm doing. It not might be to do what Tony's doing or Luke's doing or anyone else. I mean, he's, it's individual. But God's got a place for you. And, and, and it's just like this big puzzle. As all these pieces come fitting together, then the picture begins to become real and become visible of what we're looking for. Tonight, I want to give you a duck call. These are, we've had them custom built. Uh, it's actually just a, a living light outdoors call. It's got our scripture on it, Matthew 15, 14 through 16. And what that scripture says is be a city on a hill. <laughs> be a light shining into someone's life. You know, be a city on a hill where your life is in such a way that people can look up there and say, hey, man, that guy's got it. He's got it figured out. He knows who he is, you know, and he's not hiding it from anyone anymore. 
That's what God's called us to. And these are, it'll be up to your guides in the morning whether you can use these or not. <laughs> Some of you may need to blow through them backwards. But, uh, <laughs> but um, and, and I've actually taken this Ducks Hall sermon and we've, it's pretty small print. You may need some good glasses, but it's all in there and it has all the pieces and the parts and um, something that our artist created for me just um, so that it's something you can take with you and, and, and really remember what this is about and what it really means and, that, and to let God change your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, once again, we just we thank you for the opportunity just to share your word. And something as silly and as simple as a duck call. Uh, that God, it, it represents exactly that, the calling that you've placed on us, the, the fact that you created us to be a call in, 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 in your toolbox. The God, that if we'll allow you to breathe into us, that, that we'll do exactly what you've created us to do. We'll serve the purpose that you created us for. But God, without your breath, we don't serve your purpose. So tonight, God, I just ask you to touch each one of these guys that are here, that they come to an understanding that they need you. We all need you in our life. We, we need you to breathe into us, especially in days that we live in today. God, we can't live without you in this chaos. We need your peace. We, we need the love that you show us. We need the joy that you bring to our lives. And God, I pray that they understand that even through a simple message of a duck call, that that's exactly what you're asking from tonight, just to open their hearts and allow you to breathe into them, to come to a place of surrender to where you give that life to him completely. Father, we thank you so much for the time that we get to be here together. God, I ask you just to continue to pour into us, pour over us, and don't let anybody leave here the way they came. In Jesus' name, amen.